Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. It's crunch time for the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have two regular season games remaining and will need to win both of them to gain entry into the NFC playoffs. The Packers first play the Vikings on Sunday night in Minneapolis and then host the Bears at Lambeau Field the following week. Greetings, I'm Gary Wolfel, and I'm joined today and each and every week by Rob Reichel of Forbes.com. Season of greetings, my friend. Yes, same to you as we all uh, try to survive the holidays, right, Gary? You you in particular as the cold and flu season has struck. Oh, it, it was unbelievable. Last week, I went into prompt care. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was at Lambeau Field on game day. Oh, my God. I mean, it was just packed, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and probably 70 80% were like upper respiratory issues. And uh, they should have just had like Z-Packs at the door. <laughs> Probably be a lot more time efficient, right? Oh, exactly. And uh, you know what? I did wait probably an hour and 20 minutes, you know, before I finally said, which, you know, I can't blame them. I mean, they're just sure, sure. people, you know? We will, we will soldier through, my friend. All right. So does your family exchange presents? Oh, yeah. It's a... It's a big to-do. Way too much money is spent for things people don't need. That's one of my biggest pet peeves of the holidays, but I won't bore the listeners with that. Anything intrigue you? Any gift that, uh, you know, warmed your heart? Oh, anything that I got specifically? Um, No, nothing this year. I mean, I kind of get all the basics. I get gift cards and, and things like that or sports tickets or something like that. How about you? I thought somebody might have gave you a buck season tickets. (laughs) <laughs> maybe my worst enemy in society gary would would have would have would have done something like that and and forced me to watch an nba game gary i'll tell you a really quick funny story and we'll get to the packers here in a minute so my my oldest daughter she's a senior in high school she she was a good basketball player coming up she really knows the game inside and out uh i coached her coming up but but gary by about eighth grade she became the coach because she was so smart gary she went to a bucks game about two weeks ago she came home and she said Dad, that was the worst basketball I've ever seen in my life. She goes, nobody guarded anybody for 45 minutes. They had to play the stupid music to get anybody involved or paying attention to the game. And and then with three minutes left, they all decided to try hard and work. And other than those three minutes, she goes, it was just a layup line and a three-point shooting contest. And and I said, yep, sadly, that's the NBA in November and, and January and March. Now, I do enjoy the NBA, Gary, I will say, from April on uh, when, when they actually try in the postseason. But, man, you know, to, to your point there about somebody really wanted to stick it to me by giving me Bucks tickets, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that would do it, Gary. And, and, to, and to make it even worse, they'd force me to bring my daughter apparently. So, Oh, boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was uh... – Kind of interesting. I don't want to belabor the uh, NBA Bucks topic here, but they had three pretty good games on their uh, docket on Christmas, and, and you thought, okay, this is going to be fun. You know, some you know see some quality competition, and you thought, well, the teams will really get into get into it because it's nationally televised. And then, of course, the NFL comes along with its swarm of games. <laughs> and I really felt badly for the NBA. I mean, it's like their one big day of the year, you know, outside of the playoffs where they draw a national audience. And uh, I'm very curious to see what the ratings are going to be. But uh, Gary, and- I don't know if you saw late last night, Steve Kerr, after that Nuggets game, blasted the league and and said the product is, has gotten uh, way worse and, and of all people to say that, you know, it's woke, crazy liberal Steve Kerr telling the world that. So, Gary, that tells you right there, right? When when Steve Kerr, poster boy for the NBA with nine championships, jumps off the bandwagon and starts ripping the league, they've got a lot of problems. Even on a day like Christmas, Gary, where they've owned it forever, the NFL in the last few years has said, nah, I don't think so anymore. And they've they've taken over that day, and so I'm with you, Gary. the The ratings, uh, even on a game like Giants Eagles, which you know in theory wasn't going to be pretty, um, I, I think these numbers are going to be three to one, four to one, five to one 
for the NFL over the NBA when we see him here later today or um, on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's uh, put a halt to this nonsense here. <laughs> Get down to some real business. Uh, there, there's a ton of things to talk about, you know, pertaining to the Packers. And, man, you know, I was thinking uh, the other day, Rob, at the beginning of the season, I think you had them down for, what, nine or ten wins, and I had them down for one fewer. I think I had them at nine, as I recall. But this is pretty much on track of of what we expected, you know, that a team that could, you know, contend for the playoffs. We didn't think it was a slam dunk or a lock, but it had the potential. And, and here we are, you know, late December, and, you know, they got a chance to make the playoffs. Well, and Gary, you and I certainly were more optimistic back in August and September than most of the national pundits and and certainly Vegas. Vegas had them fourth in the division, Gary. I think the over-under on them was six and a half, so they've already hit the over with the Carolina win the other day and and have a chance, obviously, to, to still get to a winning record here at nine and eight, which would be better than a year ago with Aaron Rodgers and a lot of high-priced guys around him running the show. Gary, I, I, I'm not particularly surprised where they are. I'm I'm a little more surprised at how it's developed. You know, I, I, I said from the get-go it was going to be a roller coaster. They were going to win two, three games. You never thought they'd have a chance to win, right? And they did that. Kansas City on a, on a Sunday night at Detroit on, on Thanksgiving. I said there's going to be two, three, four games they lose that you don't think there's any way they're going to lose. You know, and the Raiders were terrible when they played them, and, and Denver was bad when they played them, and they lost a game in Atlanta that they probably shouldn't have lost, and it could come back and bite them in the backside for, you know, for the playoffs, Gary. So, you know, the, the way the season has kind of been a heart attack on some, right, up and down, and you're just never knowing. They, like I said, it's, it's the hardest Packer team to predict in 30 years, week to week, um, you know, in the micro version of this. But in the macro, Gary, I, I think they're kind of right where we anticipated all along. The only thing I'll say, Gary, is is the offense has been even better than I thought um, that it would be here the second half of the season. Gary, they made a jump up to number 11 now in the league in points. I mean, that's pretty darn impressive when you when you think it's Jordan Love and the youngest group of wide receivers that, that the league has ever known, and half of them are beat to nonsense, and you've played most of the year without your best running back. Um, and they're still number 11 in points. And and we'll get into a little bit later, Gary, but but that to me says as much about Jordan Love as anything that we've seen in, in 2023. Gary, what, what continues to shock me and obviously all of Packer Nation, right, is the demise and, and the downfall of the defense. Gary, they're, they, they, they plummeted to 23rd now in, in yards allowed after that Carolina game the other day. Back-to-back weeks, they crowned NFC, uh, NFC Offensive Players of the Week in Tommy DeVito, who was benched yesterday, Gary, and then Baker Mayfield, who had the first perfect passer rating. You know what? I, I, I get the DeVito part of it, but Baker Mayfield is sneakily having a really good year. Uh, I, everybody kind of blows off Baker Mayfield, but uh, yeah, he's yeah, Gary, 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 I'm not disputing that, but he had a 158.3 passer rating. <laughs> oh, sure, I, sure. That's, Gary, that's Hall of Fame stuff, and we know Baker's not a Hall of Fame player. So, anyways, the, where I was going with that, Gary, is just that the, you know, and then and then the other day, Bryce Young had the day of his NFL career. So week after week, you know, the Packers line up, and and the opposing offenses are just licking their chops. I mean, imagine what Justin Jefferson and and Jordan Addison are thinking going into this week, Gary, uh, in in Minnesota. They're they're looking at this Joe Barry defense and and they they can't wait to get rolling because for the last month, Gary, everybody the Packers have lined up and played has absolutely kicked their tail on on that side of the football. Just getting back to the playoff picture. Yes. I want to stay on that a little bit. They they have two games left. And obviously the first, I mean, Sunday night's game in Minneapolis is huge. <laughs> How many times did we say the Packers had a uh, really important game this year? Like four or five times. <laughs> and, and this one is, I mean, unquestionably a make or break game. I mean, if they win, they're, they're very much in the uh, playoff picture. If they lose, it's time to uh, start working on the draft. Oh, und- yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, Gary, it's a playoff game, right? Um, yeah. There, there's no doubt. It's a, it's a playoff game two weeks early. There are four teams right now, Gary, sitting at seven and eight, including Green Bay in the 10 hole and Minnesota in the eight hole. At nine is Atlanta. 
which still has two road games to play, Gary. So Atlanta's – do I think Atlanta can get to nine wins, Gary? Probably not. They've been so inconsistent. They've got to go win twice on the road. I don't like their odds. New Orleans at seven and eight also, Gary, but Green Bay's ahead of them. Gary, if Green Bay can beat Minnesota, they're going to separate themselves from this other junk at seven and eight, and they're going to work their way up past that group. Now what they've got to do is find a way. You know, Dallas or Philly, Gary, is obviously going to be locked in that five hole. Mm-hmm. right from the NFC East because they both have a couple game lead on the second wild card team. That second wild card team right now Gary is the Rams at 8 and 7 and then Seattle's the third one at 8 and 7. Gary Seattle has the Steelers and and Arizona. Are they both winnable? Yeah, probably cuz Pittsburgh's at home. The yeah. Rams Gary the Rams are on the road twice. Think of this. At the Giants probably win the game, right? at San Francisco, and San Francisco is going to be fighting for the number one seed in the conference. I mean, the Rams will go there as a 10-point underdog, probably, Gary, at least a at least a touchdown. Um, so the bottom line, Gary, if Green Bay can find a way to beat Minnesota and Chicago, they're obviously going to clear some room between them and the rest of the seven and eight teams right now, and then all they need is either the Rams or Seattle to lose once, and they're going to jump those teams, Gary, because they have the head-to-head against the Rams. They beat the Rams back on November 5 when Stafford didn't play at Lambeau Field, and they win some form of tiebreaker, I believe, against Seattle. So, Gary, if, if they can win out, it's a big if, right? Because we've we've seen how this team has played <laughs> yeah, the last You don't month. take anything for granted with this team. Oh, no. Ever, you know, ever, ever since that Kansas City game, Gary, it hasn't been real pretty for the Green Bay Packers. But if they can find a way to win twice, Gary, they're going to get some postseason football, I think. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. If the Packers beat Minnesota and Chicago and the 49ers beat the Rams, the Packers are in. I mean, that's one of the correct. most simple scenarios. That's the most simple scenario. You got it, buddy. So that, that you know, and I'll, I'll tell you what, the Rams, exact, you know, they're they're ripe, for, ripe to get beat. You know, I mean, and as far as the 49ers go, did you catch the game the other night? The San Francisco-Baltimore game? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Gary, we always talk about that, right? Everybody gets a stinker or two a year. I, I still think that was San Francisco's stinker. Now, I you know, I, I could be wrong. Baltimore clearly looks like the best team in football all of a sudden, they Gary. They do. They look they do. really good. No question. Yep. Um, And they're going to get home field in the AFC, and they're going to be – they're going to be really tough to beat. Uh, but, Gary, I still see San Francisco as as the class of the NFC. Now, now we'll see how this all obviously plays out. But, I, I, you know, I've said this from day one. I'm not a huge believer in the Lions, especially in the postseason. I, I think Green Bay would love, love to go see the Lions in the first round of the playoffs, Gary. Uh, the Eagles... The Eagles are going to find a way to get to 13 and four Gary. Cause they're the end of their, you know, they're 11 and four after that win yesterday against the giants, the rest of their schedule is really easy, but uh, yeah, Gary, I just, just in general, I, I kind of thought that was the 49ers clunker of the year. Yeah. You know, when I was watching that game last night, I'm going, man, are the Ravens doing a Packers a great favor because they, they kicked the, kicked, kicked the, you know, what out of the uh, 49ers, but you know, at the same time, the 49ers are going to refocus. This is going to make them better. You know, it's going to galvanize them. They're, they're going to, you know, come back with a vengeance. So when they play the Rams in that, that last game, I fully expect, like you, that they're going to beat the, the Rams. So Yeah, Gary, and I, I believe that had San Francisco won last night and then won this week in, what is it, week 17 – they would have already clinched the NFC, the number one seed. So, Gary, they could have rested starters exactly for exactly. that final game, that Week 18 game against the Rams. So, yes, the you know the Ravens did the Packers a huge favor last night, obviously by knocking off San Francisco because now San Francisco's in a three-way tie, a logjam atop the NFC. Now they have the head to, or they have the advantages, Gary, in the tiebreaker. They're still the one seed, but they are tied now. All of a sudden right with uh, Detroit and Philadelphia, all three at 11 and four. And they had separation had they beat, uh, beat Baltimore last night and instead. So no, the, the Ravens did the Packers a huge favor by now forcing the 49ers, like you said, 
to refocus, to not rest starters, and to really have to come out, Gary, and win their last two games to get a bye in round one of the playoffs. You know, this this is going to put that uh, theory of, you know, you, you get hot at the end of the season going into the playoffs to, to test because the top NFC teams right now are stumbling. They, they don't look great by any stretch. And, uh, you know, d- does that make them more receptive to being upset in the playoffs? I, I don't know. But, I mean, Detroit hasn't been anything great. Eagles have had their problems. 49ers, obviously, the other night. And uh, the Cowboys have been erratic lately, too. So um, that NFC to me is just like, it wouldn't shock me if some unknown team, lesser known team in the playoffs, in the NFC playoffs, emerges as a champion. I'm with you on the 49ers. From a talent standpoint, I think they're the cream of the crop. But uh, again, it wouldn't surprise me to see anybody win the NFC this year. Gary, you mentioned it earlier. Tampa Bay is sneaky good. Yeah. That division is obviously garbage, and we've beat it up all year, and we've kind of laughed, and we said, right, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers, throw them all in the hat, they all stink, blah, 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 right? Tampa doesn't stink, and everybody in Green Bay saw that a couple weeks ago. I mean, they really don't carry a lot of the players that won a Super Bowl three years ago are still there on you know on on both sides Absolutely. of the ball their especially the defensive especially the defensive side of the ball and and you're right Baker Mayfield's playing some darn good football Gary I thought Mike Evans for example and Godwin going yeah. into the game a couple weeks ago against Green Bay I thought they were pretty much done and then I got to see them live with my own eyes for the first time in a couple of years and they're not close to done, Gary. They're they're still both studs. They're still both monsters. Gary, th- this league is so interesting, you know, when you don't see every team and, you know, all this stuff game to game and week to week. You know, uh, the Chargers came over there a few weeks ago, Gary, and I was excited to see, you know, the the young quarterback and, yeah. and, Eckler, and, and Eckler and stuff like that. And, Gary, I could tell after five carries, Austin Eckler was done. Like, his career mm-hmm. is on the brink of being over. And two, three years ago, Gary, he was the best running back in football. But, you Absolutely. know, that, that's how quick running backs lose it. But Eckler turned the corner on a play, Gary, and it, and it was like he was running with a piano on his back. And, yeah. and they ran him down in, you know, a second and a half. And, you know, you, you can just tell, and, and this league is notorious for it. You lose it quickly and you lose it overnight. And my point there was, you know, back to Tampa Bay, I kind of thought Evans and Godwin had lost a lot. And uh, they they haven't Gary not even close. They have a nice running back there um, in in white. the The line is still pretty good. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they're really creative and clever. Um, you're looking for a sleeper, Gary. You know Tampa could find a way to get to ten and seven. Well, they're going to stay in that four hole, I guess. Either way, they're not they're not moving out of that as long as they as long as they win the division. They would obviously then have to play the five right away, but they would host. I mean, probably host Dallas. Dallas hasn't gone and won a road game that matters in a long, long time, right? And then and then Tampa would probably go to a place like San Francisco. So you're right, Gary. The the NFC is wide open. Um, I still think, you know, San Francisco is clearly the best team and, and certainly uh, from a talent standpoint. But th- there might be a, a wildcard team that sneaks in there, you know, a, a, a team like uh, even the Rams and and causes some trouble because, Gary, the, the Rams are hot too. The Rams are hot, yeah, Tampa Bay are hot. And and you're right. Those teams up top are 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 kind of you know really struggling, you know down down the stretch here of 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 this of this race. And um, yeah, I mean Philly snapped a three game losing streak yesterday, right? Dallas can't win a road game. San Francisco looked horrendous, right? I'm, I've never bought into the Lions until I guess proven otherwise. It's it, it that conference, Gary, is going to be a blast in the postseason. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting back to the Vikings, talk about a team that's in a free fall. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you know, when Kirk Cousins was still around, what, eight weeks ago, you thought, okay, this could be somewhat of a scary team in the playoffs, not saying that they would go deep into the playoffs, but man, I mean, they're they're just banged up. Uh, They've lost two straight. They've lost four of their last six. You know, their quarterback situation is an absolute mess. They they went with Dobbs for a bit. He was an absolute failure. And then they went to uh, Nick Mullins, and Nick Mullins throws four interceptions the other day, right? I mean, it, I, I'm sorry. If your quarterback is that bad, 
you're not going to go anywhere. Gary, when you and I are doing this podcast next week, I got five bucks that says Nick Mullins is the NFC player of the week. <laughs> you know what? You're on. You're definitely on. <laughs> and, and, hey, Gary, Gary, give me two guys. I'll take Mullins and I'll take Jefferson. One of the two will be NFC player of the week. Five so bucks? Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll do that. We'll, 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 we'll just swap a few bucks on it for fun. <laughs> because Gary, Green Bay's defense is making every every other offense look look unbelievable. Now, here's the thing, right? And, and you're not wrong, Gary. Mullins has been a turnover machine. Now, I think he'll I think he'll keep the job. He did throw for over 400 yards, though, against Detroit the other day, Gary. Um, you know, he's he's got his ultimate highs, but then he's got really bad lows as well and bad decisions um, along the way. It, it, Gary, think of it this way, though, right? There's what a dozen teams in the league that don't have a quarterback, right? One good quarterback, you know, Minnesota loses their guy and now they're put into the pressure of, you know, finding a second quarterback that's yeah. serviceable to, to, you know, to help them try to try to make the postseason and stuff like that. Gary, it's a pretty good roster. I mean, it really is top to bottom. They've made unbelievable strides on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm, I'm sure these, you know, these will be the kind of things Matt Lafleur is considering when he when he whacks Joe Barry here in a in a couple of weeks, Gary. But you know they they were Minnesota played last year with Ed Donatell as as its defensive coordinator, and and Gary, I really do like Ed Donatell, and and I think he got a bad rap twenty years ago when he was in Green Bay. Um, but a year ago, things did not go well for the Vikings. They were thirty first, Gary, in yards. They were thirtieth in points. Today, with Brian Flores running it, Gary, the defensive side of the ball, they're up to 13th in yards and 10th in points. I mean, they're playing some dang good defense right now, Gary. Flores is really, really smart. He's going to blitz the heck out of Green Bay in all likelihood. You know, he worked under Belichick, Gary, for about a decade in in New England. He was Miami's head coach for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Last year, he went and he was a special assistant with Tomlin in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, Gary, think of these guys he's worked with and he's worked under, right? He had a decade with Belichick, the, the greatest defensive mind of our of our lives. You know, he he, he had a year with Tomlin in, in Pittsburgh, a, fun, a you know, a, a, certainly a top five coach in in the NFL. I mean, Gary Brian Flores right now is probably the probably the assistant of the year in the NFC North. If I mean, if he, if he's not, it's Ben Johnson, I guess, the offensive coordinator in in Detroit. But my vote would go for Flores because he has elevated that defense. Gary, Gary if Kirk Cousins is playing, this is probably a ten or an eleven win football team because the defense has worked its way up to the top ten in a lot of key stats, Gary. And then you look at him on the other side of the ball, right? With with JJ, you know, Justin Jefferson, you know, Addison, the unbelievable rookie. Hawkinson, Gary, has 95 catches, the tight end. You know, even KJ Osborne's a really, really good number three wide receiver. Are they ever going to win a Super Bowl with a, with a Kirk Cousins level kind of quarterback? Maybe not, Gary. Um, but this was a team that was probably going to go to the postseason and maybe win a playoff game. Uh, you know, it, 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 it was a break for the Packers, Gary. It was a break for the NFC North and probably the NFC, you know, that 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 Cousins went down at, at midseason. They're trying to regroup. They haven't done it fully yet. But I have a hunch, Gary, come uh, Sunday night, they're going to put up a heck of a lot of points. <laughs> they may. I mean, no, nothing would surprise <laughs> me. But having said that, I think you and I agree that the Vikings quarterback situation is a mess. I mean, yeah, he could get hot and have a great game, but if he doesn't, if he plays like the average quarterback at best that he is, you take that into account. And then they used to have Delvin Cook, who I thought was always dangerous, no matter if he, you know, whatever they did with him, threw the ball, ran the ball. They decided to roll the dice, let him go. They went with, uh, who was the backup? His name escapes me. Yeah, it's Madison. Madison, yeah. And Madison, Madison hasn't Madison. panned out. And now they're bringing in Ty Chandler, who's nothing more than a guy, as, as they say in NFL lingo. Uh, so you got a quarterback that's below average. You got a running back that's below average. Hawkinson is, is going for an MRI, I believe, today as we do this podcast. If he's out, and there's some people that believe he's going to be out, I'm I'm sorry that that offense. There'll be no excuses at all for the Packers if that's the case. If they don't have 
Hawkinson, they 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 have these running backs and and quarterback. I think they are just a very very average at best team. Okay, so what does that mean though, Gary? They're still going against a bottom five defense. Sure, they're gonna but score. they're going yeah, to. I, I don't want to go there. We, we've talked about that ad, ad nauseum, but. Well, I mean, as, as we try to break down the game, though, I mean, it, it does make sense, right? Look look at last week, Gary. Carolina has the worst group of pass catchers in football. They have virtually no running game to speak of, a, a mediocre to below average offensive line, and a rookie quarterback who was having a dreadful season, and they put up 30 points, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, no, I, we, we, everybody knows that now. I mean, that's I, – I'm just – like the, so, like the Vikings. I mean, and then I think one of their line, starting linebackers might miss the game. My point is, if they're banged up and they got this mediocrity, the Packers have no excuse not to win. None. Zero. Well, they have they have no excuses, Gary. But what I'm saying is, you know, I mean, gra- grab your crystal ball, Gary. What we still what you know? So what do you think is going to happen? Do you think suddenly Joe Barry's defense is going to hold them to ten points? They've done it on several occasions this year. They've held teams under, you know, 15, 20 points, whatever it is. If, I know, they hold the Vikings, if they hold the Vikings under 20 points, they'll win, and I have no doubt they'll win. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more if they hold them under 20. But, again, they, they could, the last three weeks, Gary, they couldn't slow down Tommy DeVito. They couldn't slow down Baker Mayfield, who you, who you are right. He's probably going to be a Pro Bowl alternate. He's had a nice season. And they could not slow down a rookie quarterback who is a midget and a, a undersized quarterback. <laughs> who, who happened to be the number one pick in the draft, Rob. <laughs> I I understand that. And he's had a horrendous, horrendous rookie season. He, he has. You know what? But those guys, every once in a while, they're going to have great game. I mean, you go back to Aikman and Bradshaw, all those guys, they, they had, you know, just incredibly zany up and down. So, and, and, and my point, Gary, is everyone's having these great games against Green Bay's defense right now. Gary, Gary Green Bay's got to find a way. And th- th- uh, that's the whole story here, right? Green Bay has got to find a way. Gary, they had nine preferred starters on the field the other day. The only two they were missing were Devondre Campbell and, and Savage at safety. Everybody else that would have started back in September was starting on Sunday afternoon. And they still couldn't slow down a bottom three NFL offense. So, Oh, oh yeah. No, no, I'm not arguing that at, at all. Yeah. No, so, we'll no, get into I, that though. We're going to talk about a couple of those players on defense a little bit, but let's just wrap up on the Vikings. So do you think the Packers are going to beat them? No, I don't. No, absolutely not. Gary, I think they're going to score points, Green Bay, uh, but I think they're going to give up too many. I, I think it'll be like 34-30 Minnesota. I just, wow, Gary, Gary that's a, it, right now, it's, it's a group that doesn't want to play for the coordinator, that has no faith and no trust in the coordinator. The problems in that team are on the on the defensive side of the football. Obviously, Gary, I think they're going to score points. Jordan, and we're going to get into this. I know a little bit through the through the course of the show. Jordan loves improvement uh, through the course of the season has been absolutely remarkable. And the fact he went out there and did it the other day, Gary, you know, with with all those wide receivers being out and banged up and down, um, and and be and he still put up thirty three points. Um, was was fascinating and remarkable to me, and it shows you how far he's come in the la- in the last couple of years. But Gary, that defense is absolutely killing them right now, and it, and it, and it's going to squash their playoff hopes. I think when it's all said and done, and they're going to have to really, really ask and answer some tough questions in the off season. And there, Gary, there, there's going to be a lot of guys on that side of the ball, not just the coordinator. I mean, I think it's a given the coordinator's gone. Um, but there's going to be a lot of guys on that side of the ball that are going to be different next year because they've gone down the road with some of these players trying to get this defense fixed the last few years, Gary, and they haven't done it. And and Gutekunst is going to have to make some tough choices and say, hey, even though I threw a first-round pick at this guy, right, or even though I like this guy a lot, do I bring him back? And the answer is going to be no. I think, Gary, they're going to have four, five, six new starters on the defensive side of the ball next year. Five or six? I think it's half different. You want, yep. you want to you want to bet another five dollars on that? Absolutely. Okay, you're on. You are I definitely. Mean, <laughs> Gary, right out of the shoot, we know Savage and Campbell aren't back. Yeah. Preston yeah. Smith's probably not back. I don't know. Yeah. yeah that, that, okay. So that's three. And then he's gonna have to make some tough choices on a couple other guys. You're saying five, five guys. Let's. Well, I'll, I'll go another five on that. <laughs> let's go with that. Yep, Gary, Gary, Gary. If they want to play, I mean, and especially Gary, if they bring in a coordinator that runs a four three, 
Then well, some of you, these, know, you know what? Then some of these guys just flat out don't fit Gary, and they're going to move on from him. You are absolutely correct, and and, and you know where I stood on, on Barry's three four defense. I mean, I didn't. It's not only Barry; it's any quarter. I'm just not a fan of the three four. If they do bring in a new D coordinator, I hope they don't go back to that another three four guy. And and it, like you said, if they do bring in a four three guy, yeah, they're they're going to have to beef up that. The interior line. So I'll still go with the uh, $5 bet <laughs> on the five guy, five changes. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, Gary, there's five new preferred starters next year or five new starters from this year. Both safeties are going to wind up being different. Gary Campbell's gone. Preston Smith might be gone. Sure. Another one of those will be gone. I, I'm going to say five. Wow. That, that would, that would be what they call an overhaul. <laughs> yes, it would. And, and Gary, they need it. They need it because they've seen the same nonsense now for, for a lot of years straight. And, and they have an ascending offense, Gary, they have terrific young talent on the offset off offensive side of the ball. They need the defense to get in tow and follow along for them to become a legitimate contender in the NFC in the next couple of years. Well, I I was just doing the math here (laughs) on your prediction of five guys. Um, Clark will be back, right? Probably. Okay, why don't be back? He should be back, Gary. But I mean, is is he? Yeah, in he'll be he'll be back. I don't think there's any difference. zero. Not if Ron Gary, not if Ron Wolf was the general manager. <laughs> That's true. Just ask Ray Rhodes. <laughs> yep. I'll just I'll just I'll leave, I'll I'll make it simple and make it like that. Ron okay. Wolf. Ron Wolf will move on from that player by now. Okay. Then you got Quay Walker. He'll definitely he'll be, be back. back. Yep. Yep. Uh, Rashawn Gary, he'll be back. Obviously, he's back. That's four. The two cornerbacks, in theory, will be back. That's that's in, seven. In theory, right? I mean, I'll just so tell that, you that what. gives you four four guys, Rob. <laughs> that gives you no. That gives me that gives me six. That gives you six starters back. Six. So okay, we'll we'll see. That, that you know what? That's an interesting well, Gary. The, Gary, the one you didn't address was T.J. Slayton, who I actually think definitely will be back. Yeah, so Gary, so, there's going to be a surprise in there. Does that mean they traded Jair Alexander? Does it mean they move on from Eric Stokes and say he can't play anymore after all these devastating injuries? Maybe, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah. Gary, Jair Alexander's a problem. And I know we're going to get into this, but he's a problem. And they're going to have to make a tough choice. Now, you know, financially, it doesn't do them any good to to trade or to cut him. They need to get him in line and and playing the way he did. But the but the nonsense he pulled uh, Gary last week going off for the coin toss is almost unheard of. Well, we're getting into it right now. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I and I, I agree with you on all counts. I brought this up earlier this season. Um, he is a tremendous talent. I mean, as a cover guy. But having said that, he is just a horrendous tackler. I, Rob, in, in Sunday's game. We saw him get beat repeatedly, okay? That, that that was one thing, okay? But to Carolina's credit, they kept throwing or running right at him, and he yep. offered no resistance at all. I mean, it was like it was flag football. And if the Packers are saying, hey, we're going to live with this guy because he's a great cover guy, okay. But I'll tell you what, he has a lot of warts when it comes to making tackles, shredding blocks, and uh, last Sunday, it killed him. Several plays, nowhere to be seen. Gary is five. He's five ten, one hundred ninety pounds. Okay, yeah. It, you know, it's a league now where the average running back is two and a quarter. Right? They're going to run him over. It's it's a league where these wide receivers, you know, are are bigger and stronger than he is. I'm with you. I mean, I I, I really am. That um, he he's typically terrific in coverage. But, Gary, he would have never been on Ron Wolf's board. Ron Wolf established criteria in Green Bay that you had to be six feet at the cornerback position for him to draft you as the wide receivers, you know, kind of in that Randy Moss era, kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You're, you're right, Gary. Coverage isn't a problem typically for Jair, although it certainly was in that in that Carolina game. But, I mean, he's his tackling, Gary, is comparable to Deion Sanders. And we know Deion Sanders had no interest in Yeah, in you know what? I, I actually think it's worse right now. And, and I'll I'll give the guy some leeway. Maybe his shoulder isn't 100%. I, I get it. If that's the case, um, you know, I, I fully understand that. But the problem is he's playing, so you assume he's pretty close to 100%. 
The other thing, Rob, in regards to Alexander, and maybe you know the answer to this, but I haven't seen it anywhere. If you notice, they played him on the right side last week. And he's normally a left cornerback. And they, they move Stokes to the left side. No, Gary, I think you've got it backwards. Alexander. No, still- Al- no, Alexander was definitely on the right side on many, many plays. Okay, maybe they were moving him a little bit. And and I was, and the only reason I thought that was like they're protecting his shoulder, because if if plays came his way, his right shoulder would be protected. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Um, that they did it as an injury precaution, but no, I I was shocked because he was over on the right side. I'm like, why is he over here when he's always been on the left side? And uh, I, I don't know what the percentage was, but uh, de- definitely was there at, 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 uh, on several occasions. So anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll have to look at that a little closer, Gary. I, I if if he if he was doing that, I I missed it on some plays. You know, but but it is, I mean, Gary, it is his second shoulder injury in, in three years. This one kept him out the better part of two months, and he's always been undersized, right? From from the get-go. He's still in the prime of his career, Gary. He's you know, he is only 20. Exactly. You know, um the the problem is, Gary, with these undersized football players, your shelf life is a lot shorter than the than the Josh Allen's, right? The the the, the big strong guys for their part particular positions, right? AJ Dillon can probably steal an extra year or two, for example, because he's so big and strong in those quads, Gary, that he'll always be a terrific goal line back versus the undersized slot guy or the undersized slot corner, undersized corner like Alexander, Gary, their careers typically end a year or two earlier than than the big, strong physical guys at their respective positions. So he's really at a crossroads at this point in his career. This is, I, I would call 2023 a wasted year almost for Jair Alexander. 2021 was a garbage year because, you know, he was on IR with his shoulder for, for that year for so long. And then Gary, you know, for, you know, for our listeners who who don't know this story, let, let's just quick tell the coin toss story, right? Every team gets three captains per game, one offense, one defense, one special teams. So green Bay's run out there for the coin toss the other day. And Alexander Gary runs out there with them, even though he's not one of the captains. And Matt LaFleur was asked afterwards if he had, clearance to to run out there with the captains gary and lafleur didn't answer the question so that kind of tells you right there right that he didn't I, have- you know what i, I thought lafleur later came back and said that he was added if i'm not mistaken no um, lafleur did not say you know lafleur did not say anything in the moment gary he, he, he not- didn't throw him under the bus though i mean you know he didn't, he- and, and 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 that's matt's way of doing things absolutely and, and, yeah and alexander was asked afterwards to gary if he you know, if, if anybody yelled at him or anything on the sideline about it and, and he said no. So obviously Lafleur didn't confront him on it, you know, whatsoever. But anyways, Gary Alexander, who grew up in Charlotte, um, you know, so it's his hometown game, a hometown. My favorite city. Is it? Nice. Oh, yeah, it, it's a beautiful city. Yeah. Oh, I know. Right. Anyhow, he runs out there with the captains, Gary, and not only does he run out there, he calls he calls the coin toss, right? He he calls heads. Or sorry, he calls tails. And and he's right, and he says, uh, "We're gonna." He he needs to say at that moment, Gary, we defer. Yeah, so, exactly. So he turns it back <laughs> to Carolina to make the choice, and then Green Bay obviously gets to make the choice in the second half. Instead, he says, "We're gonna go on defense." So in essence, yeah. he's picking Gary. He's calling what right. they're gonna do. So now Carolina A gets the ball. And under that circumstance, Gary, under those, you know, under that scenario, they would also get to make a pick in the second half, which means they'd play offense twice. Fortunately for the Packers and for Jair Alexander, who's already, you know, taken a ton of heat from Packer Nation for kind of a lost season, the the referee was extremely nice to him, and 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 he said, "So you guys yeah. wanted to, uh, but that ref Gary could have been, you know, certainly could have gone by the letter of the law." And and taking that thing the other way, and Carolina would have had the ball twice to start both, you know, to start both halves. A Gary, it's a terrible mistake by Alexander, and B, it's it's an inmates running the asylum kind of kind of move where he feels emboldened enough to run out there with the captains, right? I mean, yeah, what for a-, a guy who played six games this year and it's been an absolute <laughs> non-factor. Yeah, what no, I, I, I'm on I'm on board with you, Rob. Uh, if I'm good accounts, that that's my number one priority during the offseason. 
trade the dude. I, I, I don't care. It, I'm me, with you. To me, yep. he's the cancer, you know? I'm with you. I'm with, I'm with you, Gary. And, um, you know, I, I've said this all the way through, you know, uh, the, the, this latest injury. Again, I, I'm not medically qualified, nor will I ever pretend to, Gary, you know, to judge whether a man should be on the field or not. That's up to Green Bay, uh, their doctors and the player and stuff. But, I, but I've told you time and time again, um, as, as we've done these podcasts, you see it and you know it with certain guys in the locker room, Gary. It 100% pains them to not be on the football field. And Jair, Jair Alexander just isn't one of those guys. Gary, he feels to me like a guy who got paid, a guy who got his money, the four-year $84 million deal. He became the highest paid corner in football, which to him mattered. That was a big deal to him, um, more so, I think, than wins and losses and Super Bowls. Gary, he got his money, and I don't want to say he's content, but he's not in any hurry to get back and and play football and certainly play at the level he was. And Gary, he's been asked a couple of times this year, like, for example, after the Rasul Douglas trade, right? And say what you will about Rasul Douglas. The guy was a really good leader, and he's tearing it up right now for Buffalo. Uh, that looks like a really good pick for the or trade for the Bills. You know, Jair, after that, for example, Gary was asked, well, now, you know, with, with Jair gone, with Stokes down, blah, 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 all these young guys in the room, you know, do you need to become a leader? And he just said, no, that's not really who I am. I, I don't want to really want to be a leader. Well, I'm Gary, I'm sorry. When you're around an organization like that for, you know, this is year six for Alexander. If he plays out that contract, it'll be nine years. Um, Gary, you need those guys in a league where you turn over a quarter of your roster, a third of your roster every year. You need those veterans that are along for two or three contracts to become leaders. And I get it. It's not who he wants to be. Maybe it's not where he's most comfortable, but it's I'm, it's part of the job. Gary, I, I'm with you. I'd move on from him if I could. If I could get the second for him, which may be about the best you can do at this point in time, considering two of his last three years have, have been so injury-plagued. And he's got a high salary. And he's got a crazy high salary, right? Green Bay, Gary, already has five of probably what's going to be about five of the first 90 picks. You throw another one in there for Alexander, you can totally rebuild that cornerback position in one draft. And by 2025, Gary, you should have you should have that, that position absolutely solidified after those guys get a year under their belt. Yeah, Alexander and Rodgers aren't good buddies, are they? <laughs> They're not. No. Maybe maybe A Rod could lobby for the Jets. And, and you know what? <laughs> if, 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 to be honest with you, if I was the Jets, I might roll the dice on that dude. I mean, maybe he needs a change of scenery. I mean, nobody disputes his talents. He he's got quickness, speed, he's got instincts, but man, he he he's just not showing up for whatever reason. And and you add that to the Jets defense, and you have basically you know two really good corner cornerbacks. My goodness, Gary. By the time the Jets get done adding Bakhtiari and Devontae Adams, I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure what they're going to have left for money. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. They, they yeah. still have a few. They still have a few more Aaron's buddies to bring over there. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, he's only 26 years old, and you know the 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 thing that I, just baffles me though is. He doesn't have a pick this season. You know, at somewhere along the line, he would have had a pick, but he doesn't even have that. And if he can't tackle, I mean, what is he, you know? Well, and like you mentioned, Carolina was picking on him through the course of that game. Absolutely. They, they really were running quick slants, inside hitters, running the ball in his direction. No, absolutely. And and offenses will do that, Gary, down the road too, until, you know, un, un, until proven different. Now, Green Bay clearly felt he's their best option, and I get it. He is. I mean, Carrington Valentine only played three three snaps in that game, I think, Gary, and uh, Corey Valentine didn't play at all. So um, the guys that were kind of holding that thing together the last few weeks barely got onto the football field. The Packers have made the decision to go, obviously, with Jair and with Stokes here down the stretch. And, and Gary, both of those guys played pretty bad the other day. Stokes was bad two weeks ago. You know, when he first came back against Tampa Bay and and he was bad again the other day against, uh, you know, a, a, against Carolina. So I get it. Both those guys are coming off, you know, substantial injuries, Gary. Uh, although I, I hesitate to call Alexander substantial just because it's such a mysterious injury and, and, and they've been so unclear about, you know, where that thing sits. But Green Bay is trying to get by Gary with a couple of beat up cornerbacks and, and and that's why I just think, you know, when they go up to Minnesota on, 
on Sunday night, Gary, Nick Mullins or not with, with, with Jefferson, with, with, with Addison, um, with Osborne. I mean, Minnesota's got pass catchers all over the field, Gary. So Gary, let's, let, let's look at Justin Jefferson last year, right? In that game at Minnesota, nine catches, 184 and two touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. They come back to Lambeau field. Jair's in his prime. Jair's playing terrific, holds him to one catch for 15 yards. Which which Jair Alexander yeah. against, against Justin Jefferson this year would you expect, Gary? I'd expect it to be closer to that nine eighty four and two touchdown game, wouldn't you? Yeah, based on what we've seen, there's no other yeah. reason to believe otherwise. Um, but you know what? And, and again, I, I'm the one who's downplaying this Barry stuff. But how do you like to be Joe Barry and deal with a bozo like that guy? Yeah, I mean, you 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 think like he's going to be your best player in the secondary, and all of a sudden you got to compensate for him. You know, my God, I, I don't care who the defense coordinator is. I mean, he's an issue, no question about it. He is an issue, Gary, and and I'm with you, and that's one of the reasons I say that defense will look so dramatically different. I think Brian Gutekunst is going to have a surprise or two up his sleeve this off season, Gary. And if I had to predict you know, the number one that will kind of catch people off guard because he is locked into a long-term deal um, might be something like trading in Jair Alexander. Yeah. Absolutely. No, if they, they can find a partner, right? That that wouldn't shock me one bit. In light of his horrendous play this year, when he did play, as we said, six games, the, the biggest disappointment for me, maybe on the entire team, is Rashawn Gary. I, I thought he was going to take that next step and be maybe a top six uh, pass rusher. He has just been a monumental failure in my, my mind. Wow. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's got nine sacks and they are the most deceiving nine sacks. It was based over like two or three games out of, yeah, uh, you're, I mean, you are right. Two against the uh, three against the saints early three against the lions on Thanksgiving. Rob, I, he's had zero sacks. I think in the last, what is it, four games now? No, last three games, zero sacks, last three games, okay? I was going to say, I thought he had one maybe against the Chiefs. He he had a half a sack in that half fourth a sack, game, okay. correct. So yep. you're talking four games, a half a sack. He ranks 11th in tackles. And did you see that touchdown run Sunday? Yep. yep. I, I thought I was watching the Pro Bowl game. It was like he looked and watched the guy run right by him. And it's like, what is going on with this dude, you know? <laughs> I, I don't have any good answers for you on, on that, Gary. I I, I mean, I, I will say this. He's still their most consistent guy in terms of pressures. You know, his, his, yeah, yeah, I agree. his pressure percentage is the highest on the team. Um, this has been the story of Rashawn Gary, though, dating back to Michigan, Gary. And I, I remember I talked to a dozen guys about him after he was drafted, and they all said the same thing. You've never seen a guy get to the quarterback so many times and not finish. Yeah, and, I remember you saying that. Yep. And, yep. That, and that was always the book on him, you know, close but no cigar kind of thing. The bridesmaid, not the bride. It's gotten better, I would say, Gary, because, you know, he's, he's had double-digit years of of sacks, I think, in, in Green Bay. I, I think, didn't he have a double-digit year two years ago before he – Yeah, yeah. And, and then last year he tore the knee at about eight, eight and a half. I – Gary, we all know this, right? That first year back from an ACL is, is tricky. The, the 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 player is not 100%, probably 80. That second year, he's 100%. Uh, I, I, Gary, if you and I are having this conversation on, you know, Christmas of, of 2024, then I think we can absolutely say that four-year $107 million deal they gave Rashawn Gary was garbage that, 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 that was money poorly spent. They overpaid, you know, for the player Um, because you are right. He's got, what would that make it? What would they play? 13 games, Gary, with a sack or less. And probably I'm going to guess 10 or 11 games with no sacks then. Right. Cause six of them came in. in Something two like games. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, Gary, if, if this is a continuing pattern a year from now that we say, boy, look, Rashawn's got, nine of his 12 sacks in three games, and he's only got three in the other 14, then yeah, that, that that's clearly a problem, Gary. They need they need more consistency from him there. I'm just, I'm going to be a little more hesitant than you 
to call this a, a colossal failure, a disaster, or whatever terms you used. I think, that, <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, a, I think yeah. that's a little strong, Gary. Yeah, no, I, I just think for the amount of money that he's being paid and for his reputation, he has had an underachieving year. And uh, I think he gets a free pass. I think there's a lot of people in the media that like the guy and they're giving him a pass because of the injury. But from my perspective, just very disappointing. And and when, you know, in conclusion, Judge uh, Rachel, when, when you think that Alexander and Gary are your two best players defensively going into the season, right? Do you agree that you thought they would be their top two if they're healthy? Well, I, I, I always have Kenny Clark in that list. Okay, t- two top three. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, and they play that poorly. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, you're asking for trouble. And uh, I, I don't care who the coordinator is next year. If these two guys, you know, if they're both with the team, we, we have doubts about Alexander, but if Gary's back and they don't pl- perform up to their high, you know, standards, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Things will change Gary. They'll, they'll be better against the run next year. They're, they won't have these communication breakdowns. I mean, that, that to me was the most fascinating thing that came out after that Tampa Bay game, Gary, is is them largely admitting that the communication was such a such a colossal failure there that, you know, I Gary, I, I don't I don't care if you have Deion Sanders, Leroy Butler, and Rod Woodson, you know, if if there's no communication going on in the secondary. I, I agree. You know, you're you're gonna get guys wide open. And that the Gary, that's on the coaches and and it's on Matt LaFleur just as much as it's on Joe Barry. I mean, it it, it really is. That that that's the problem, Gary. Is is it didn't get fixed in you know, and and I don't think that surprised anybody when you're this late in the season. You kind of are who you are, but it didn't get fixed against a really bad Carolina offense. No, Gary. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, if this defense is, you know, ever to take a major major jump and be top ten in in all the categories that matter, and we've been waiting for that right for a decade. Um, we we thought a couple of years ago when. When they when they went heavy on on first round draft picks, right? When yeah. and they went Wyatt and Walker, that was going to be the big year, right? That they took the jump. I remember that. I remember that preseason, Gary. You know, all the players yipping and yapping about being the number one defense in the league. And Adrian Amos, yeah, pulled me exactly. Aside. Adrian Amos pulled me aside one day and he said, he said, don't write any of that stuff. He he, he said this. You know, these guys <laughs> are all just crazy right now, you know, and. He, he, he's like, I've been around really good defenses with the bears and stuff like that. He's like, and we're miles away from that. And then they were Gary. We've, yeah. we've seen yeah. that the, the last couple of years. So no, to your point though, they've got all these first round draft picks. The majority of them haven't played well. It's probably a two tiered thing. Isn't it Gary? Some of these guys have probably been overdrafted like a savage. Maybe we can, we can go through some of these first round picks. Devonte Wyatt, I think was overdrafted, etc. But then Gary, they also haven't been coached particularly well. So you got a bunch of first round draft picks at, at, at various spots, Gary playing like third, fourth, fifth rounders. And that's why this defense looks the way it does. No, they uh, definitely have, as I said before, issues. <laughs> All right, Rob, you, you get to make the call here on our last topic. Uh, oh, we're, running, we're, we're running out of time. You want to talk about Jordan Love or do you want to talk about Anders Carlson? Nah, let's go with the quarterback. That's that that's fun stuff. And in the spirit of Christmas, Gary, will be very uplifting. I like your attitude, young man. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to be, I used to be young, Gary, but I appreciate. it. Oh <laughs> uh, well, let, let, let's talk about Jordan Love. I mean, going to the going to the season, I'll be honest with you. I, I thought Jordan Love was going to be pretty good. And I based my thoughts primarily on what I heard at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama last year. And Packer officials were telling other NFL officials that they fully believed in Jordan Love, that he was capable of replacing Rodgers and playing at a pretty high level right away. But I'll tell you what, he has exceeded my expectations. I, I, I never thought he'd be this good so quickly. All right, Gary, can I bounce a couple numbers off you? And I'm, I'm going to have you play a guessing game with me, okay? Okay. Now, this is only 15 games in. Rodgers in his rookie, Rodgers in his first year as a starter, Gary, 2008, played 16 games. All right, Jordan Love's at 15. So they're virtually at the same point. All sure, right? well, sure. Jordan Love's got one more game, and then they'll have the same number. All right? Okay. Jordan Love's at 27 touchdown passes today, right? Yeah. 
What did Rodgers throw back in 08? At a comparable number of games, or, or basically. Full, full, full season, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jordan loves one game away from having the same number of games right now as Rodgers. So um, well, Jordan Love will have 16 games after Sunday night, which is what Rodgers played back in 2008, his first year as a starter. So Jordan Love right now, Gary's at 27 touchdown passes. What do you think Rodgers was without looking it up? 25. 28. Okay. He's, he's right so there. Love, so Love probably passes him on Sunday night. Yeah. Right with two. Love's at 11 interceptions. What was Rodgers at? For the year, I'll say about 14. Yep, 13. Good guess. Love's at give or take 3,600 passing yards. Gary, what do you think Rodgers had? 38. 4,000. Okay. So Love, Love, you know, Love's probably at about 3,900 after Sunday night. Love's passer rating today, Gary, is 92. Give or take, what do you think Aaron's was? 95. Yep, 94. Good guess. Now here's the key number. Jordan Love is seven and eight with a chance to get to nine and eight and make the playoffs. What was Aaron Rodgers? After 15 games or for the no, year? No, no, no. In the, in the 2008 season total. You remember it. Yeah, I do. I'm trying to remember what the hell it was. Was it, was it six and 10? Six and 10. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gary, his numbers, where I'm going with that, and I'm going to write this later in the week, his numbers are almost identical to Rodgers, and he's going to win more games, Gary, and he's doing it with the youngest group of pass catchers we have ever seen in this league, and a bunch of them are hurt. Watson's had a, a nonsense Absolutely, year. Absolutely, Rob. I, I couldn't agree with your assessment more. You know, Watson's had a nonsense year because of his injuries, right? Um, he's got rookies all over the field. He's lost Musgrave for the last month. Um and he's turning Tucker Craft into a star. Jaden Reed, he turned into a star. Um, and now Jaden Reed's a hell of a player, don't get me wrong. Dontavian Wicks has got remarkable upside. Romeo Dobbs has had a really good year. Um, and, Gary, it's happening because of the quarterback. And maybe, Gary, the biggest factor in all of the and craziness in all of this is Love is doing it, and and he hasn't had the running game that any of us anticipated because it's exactly. been up until the other. I mean, Aaron Jones, in essence, has had a two-game season, right? Yeah. He had a terrific week one in Chicago, and he had a terrific week 16 in Carolina. In between, Gary, he's been hurt or done virtually nothing. A.J. Dillon's had an average year, so the running game isn't anything like we've seen. And Jordan Love, Gary, has put this group on his back because he's got no help from the defense, and the offense has been absolutely beat to nonsense with all these young guys running around him, and he's got them, Gary, not only seven and eight, but the fact that you and I are talking about playoff possibilities with two weeks left in the year. I'm not sure a whole lot of people thought that was possible back in September. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you, you know, I, I was looking at some of Love's numbers this morning, and I thought, you know what? This sounds ludicrous, Rob, but it wouldn't shock me if he was a Pro Bowl alternate. I mean... If anybody would have said that at the beginning of the season, they would have said, you're crazy. I mean, even even like six six games, seven games into this season, they would have said, you're crazy. But he's throwing 27 touchdown passes, right? That Where ranks third in the NFL. Third, huh? Okay, wow. But, you know, Prescott leads the way with 30, and then Purdy's 29. And the reason I thought about the uh, Pro Bowl alternate – I think Purdy's banged up. I think he's got some issues what with his shoulder or whatever. Sure. And I would be surprised that you know he'll get selected, but he won't play. So um, it'll be it'll be it'll be Dak, Hertz, and Purdy, right? Yeah, and the only guy to me that fits into the NFC equation would be uh, Goff. What did you say, Goff? No, I said Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Purdy would probably be the three, right? And then. And then probably the next three would be right Goff, Love, and Stafford, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, to me, Love has had a much better year than Stafford. Um, oh, I agree with you. No, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. No, I, Gary, I, I mean, started, Gary, I started beating the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl drum. I think I told you after that Chiefs game where I asked Josh Myers about it one day, and 
And, and that's Meyer, right. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and, and Meyer said, no, nah, I don't want to put that pressure on him. And then Meyer said, ah, what the hell? He's got all this pressure anyways from Aaron and he's, and he's doing just fine. And, and Meyer said, absolutely. You should be in the pro bowl. Now Gary, it's, it's not, it's not ludicrous. Gary, we we could make the case here that he's had a better year than Jalen hurts in Philly. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that as well. Robert Ward Green way too much again. <laughs> well, we disagree. We, we, we got to go back to the defense coordinator. <laughs> Gary, Gary, you know I, I love you to death, but I, I, I think you're, I think you're about the last man standing on the Joe Barry Island. So. I am. I, I, I absolutely admit it, and uh, I'm proud to say it. <laughs> but you know what, Gary? I was the last man standing on the Graham Mertz Island for a number of years. Too. <laughs> we, 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 we die and we live and die with our various convictions, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, one more last stat on uh, love, though. And th- this blew me away. We, we could recite a, a litany of stats that are very impressive. But, Rob, in the last six games, okay, how many touchdowns, how many interceptions? Gary, what was what was what was six games ago? Who was a who was the opponent? Sorry, yeah, I can't recall. I, off the oh, top of my all right. Head. I, I just added up the numbers for the last six games. It, this is crazy. I mean, it might, it might it might be the game after Pittsburgh, Gary, because the the Pittsburgh one to me is the one that's so deceiving because he threw those two late interceptions. Right, exactly, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I don't care. I'm gonna go fourteen and one. Yeah, yeah, you're you're pretty much spot on. Thirteen to one. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's ludicrous. Right. It's crazy. You, you know, and that's what. I mean, I really don't care what the media writes about anybody. I, I'm part of the media, but the Jordan Love story to me has been maybe one of the most underplayed stories of the year. I mean, to make that transition from Rogers to him and to see him perform at this elite level is just remarkable. So. Um, Gary, I think, you know, I, I think if you put together a ballot and you could have, you know, rank 10, 12 people for MVP, yeah. he'd be in that 10 to 12 range. He really would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and Gary, when I can, you know, and I throw all those Rogers numbers at you at the start and, and, you know, the fascinating point and, and it's been beat to death and, and we've all talked about it, but it's really fun is, you know, they both sat three years, their numbers were almost identical as a backup, you know, Aaron to Brett. Uh, Jordan to Aaron, they, they had almost the same amount of snaps. They came in at virtually the same age. But Gary, here was the number, here was the biggest difference in in what each of those guys was walking into, right? Aaron Rodgers walked into Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, and Jermichael Finley. And this guy walked in, Jordan Love, to a bunch of rookies and second-year guys, and he's had this kind of season – I mean, Gary, as these young wide receivers around him grow up, Watson and and Reed and and Wicks and Romeo and you know, heck, they might use another high pick on a wide out this year. They're certainly going to retool that running back group um, and beef up the offensive line. Where next year he's got a legitimate left tackle playing for him. Boy, Gary, this you know, if if Jordan Love continues to ascend at the level we're talking about, yeah. Um, I mean, Gary. He, He's going to be in that MVP discussion in a year or two because he's going to throw 35 or 40 touchdowns, and these guys are going to score 30 points a game. No, I, I, I can't say enough good things about that guy. And, and I was also thinking, Rob, the other day, in all sports, he may have had more pressure on him than any athlete I, I could think of coming into a season. I mean, can you think of anybody else? NBA. Well, I mean, are you talking just this in 2023? Yeah, this past year. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, no just the pressure that was put on sure. him to be good. Not great, but good. Right. Oh, with, without question. I'm well, Gary, anytime you follow a Hall of Famer in any in any sport, right? You're yeah. you know, you're you're immediately on the on the hottest of, of, of hot seats and, and every eye is on you and every camera is on you and and every idiot on ESPN wants to to talk about and on their yelling and screaming shows. You know, he he becomes the number one, you know, hot button topic of of all Packer Nation and and one of the top, you know, two or three in the in the entire NFL. And he's Gary, he's handled it with such remarkable poise along the way. Here's yeah. here's the other stat I didn't throw at you either. He's got three game-winning drives in the fourth quarter this year. 
Now that's the sign of poise, right? I mean, absolutely. He, he had another one the other day against Carolina where where he had to go and bail the defense out, and and that, <laughs> and that was something, Gary. That was that was something where Rogers struggled his his entire career. Rogers was not good in the fourth quarter. Rogers was not good when it came to game winning drives at the end of games. We've already seen here in a short window, Gary, that this is something Jordan Love is going to be just fine at. And um, that, yeah, I mean, you know, Gary, the NFL, it, uh, you know, half of these games come down to the final two minutes. And if, and if your quarterback isn't equipped to shine in those moments, you don't have a chance to do big things in this league. It, it's clear already that Jordan love um, absolutely has the ability to, sh- to shine in those moments, Gary. No question about it. Rob, we, we have had many, many good shows, but I, I think this was one of our best to be, to be <laughs> unbiased, of course. <laughs> but no, we, we we better put this to another judge, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> might have hit the eggnog too early today. You know, I mean, yeah, overall, though, it, it was a fun podcast. We covered a lot of good topics, and uh, thanks as usual uh, for your insights and. Uh, We shall be in touch. We'll be be meeting again next week. But uh, in the meantime, take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.